1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDST.
0: Featuring, cub, coming this week. Y'all tap in with it, cub. It's something real nifty. It's something real sporty. On hood. We got a great interview, cub.
1: Go outside, nerd. Get out! Go! I ain't got time to be distracted by your worthless chime,
2: man. It's gone. What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. On today's show, we are continuing our stock up, stock down from a Dynasty perspective. Uh, Right off the rip, I want to apologize for not being here on Thursday. This is uploading on Friday. This time, it wasn't Jerry. You know, uh, we, we can tie it all back into Taylor Swift. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. It was me this week. I had a scheduling conflict. I had to record on Thursday, and so the the, the show is a day late. It's not Jerry's fault, but Jerry's not here. But, man, we've got a great guest, um, longtime friend of the show, used to produce content for us, a very busy fellow, if you're watching here on YouTube. Uh, his name is Tyler Orjinsky. And you can find him at FF Tyler O. And if you're not, you're missing out, especially if you're in set your lineup leagues. He is top 20 in one fantasy pros category. He is top four in drafting accuracy. Um, just an all around, when when you're submitting lineups, you want Tyler's advice on your side. Kind of welcome back to the Dynasty War Zone. It's been a little while. No, uh, no, no uh, DFS dominator this year, the Daily Destroyer, but... Uh, What's going on with you, Tyler?
3: Yeah, I uh, you know I think um, as I've the family's expanding, work's getting more busy, I'm taking a little bit more of a step back in the fantasy content, really focusing on the redraft stuff as well. Obviously, still on a bunch of Dynasty Leagues, living and breathing Dynasty year-round, still play it. But the content that I'd be pushing out it is really going to be focused around uh, the redraft stuff. So over at JWB, doing uh, weekly shows there, doing my rankings there, currently sitting at, I think, sixth overall. Through, for, through 2023, the rankings are on fire. Things are going well so far. So things are good just to JWB, but always happy to get back here with you, Randy. Happy to be part of the Dynasty Warzone as always.
2: Yeah, man, we miss you. We miss the Friday show, the the Daily Destroyer, uh, because you guys were destroying daily. You and your your former ho- co-host, Lou. Lou doing okay?
3: Lou's doing good. He's over an underdog now. I mean, that, that was part of the, the reason things uh, might have folded a bit is... Um, he can't he can't do DFS anymore because because of his job. So he's working at underdog, doing some like video content, doing some other stuff there. So he can, he, I don't know if he can. He doesn't really have content you can see. He's more of an editor, but um, he's doing great, man. Things are good. Still chatting. He's doing well. I'm in leagues with the guy. We're rolling.
2: Yeah, lo- lose good people. So just real quick, uh, thank thank everybody for your patience and everything that's been going on. Uh, remember, we're we're doing two shows. Uh, there there are our, our buddy Dallas. We're going to hear from Dallas later in the program. Uh, Dallas is back doing the rookie rundown in full force. We have the dynasty war games and you get all that on our YouTube and podcast feed. So if you're listening to this on player profiler, I need you to go over to, I need you to go over to our website, I guess, website, YouTube page, and I need you to get subscribed everywhere. And, and, and it's that simple. Uh, no more promotion, no more getting around it. I do have to hear a word from my buddy, the pod father about the Dynasty Dominator.
0: Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download. And then every year, it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add Titan Premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell. And then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from player profiler to their dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side, prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add ons for super flex and, to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
2: Five bucks, man. And as crazy as it is, is, it's, you know, rookie season will be here before you know it, Tyler. We're already seeing these guys play on on Saturdays in the NCAA and will be on our dynasty rosters this time next year. Uh, Speaking of DFS, not like I said, not doing much DFS content, but I am back to doing gambling content. And that's on Friday nights live on the player profiler YouTube channel. The show is called The Juice. Survivor's doing well, player picks are doing well, coming off a rough week of uh, pick'ems against the spread, but be sure to check that out. Friday nights, it's live. I like to say 10 p.m. ish, 10 p.m. ish, depends on what's going on, Uh, but we've been live every Friday and nothing different tomorrow. Make sure you check it out on the player profile or YouTube channel. So all right, man, let's get into it. Let's get into good people, bad tweets. Now, you've done good people, bad tweets with me before. And uh, this, this particular tweeter in question has been here before. Okay. A- 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 and this particular uh, good person with a bad tweet is John Helmkamp. And he's at John Helmkamp. And this was about a week or so ago. This was before the Denver game. And uh, I was going to do it, but we had the, uh, the run-in last week from the counselor, so we had to mix this one in. And John said, I am never – and I mean never, going to forgive the Chicago Bears organization for destroying Justin Fields. This is a man that has been ruined and has resigned himself to simply focusing on trying to enjoy himself. I am heartbroken for him. Absolutely heartbroken. And uh, I'm assuming John may be a Bears fan. I don't think this was a, a fantasy or a dynasty take. Um you know his his last appearance here was when he had you know Jamar Chase as the seventh wide receiver in in, in his dynasty rookie class that year. But you know th- that one lives in infamy. I think that one may have even I have even, even gotten, know about that one I, I, in the I,
3: chats I, that I'm in. That's talked about. Sorry. Oh, it, it, it,
2: that, that tweets the thing of legend and lore. But it's like. I, I get Justin Fields has had a bad run of it so far, and and I've predicted some of this. I said he would not be a bear this time next year. Okay. La- last two weeks, as we, re- we were recording Thursday night during the Thursday night game, and he and DJ Moore are off to a fast start. He looks like he's well uh, on his way to back-to-back 200 and should be back-to-back 300-yard passing games. Now, it's against a couple of two of the more porous defenses in the NFL, but you have to start somewhere i i think john may have got the uh the, the the cart before the horse here tyler
3: yeah i mean if you, you look at last year with with justin fields i mean he was sub 20 points for the first four games of the season and then he took off and i think we're looking almost at the exact same thing this year um almost sub 20 points the first three weeks of the season but then he drops a 30 burger on the denver broncos last week he's already got 20 points it's not even the end of the first half um, Justin Fields is is looking good. He's getting going. Um, they definitely like had to, like I think the team itself, right? I think you got to separate like like you said, Fields, the quarterback, the Bears. What do we think about that? But like Fields, the the fantasy asset, man. Um, I mean, I think he's top twelve, and I don't think that's going to change.
2: Yeah, and 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 if he winds up moving to a different team, and I, I still think that's the case. Okay, I don't know how the Bears, because because what's the benefit of having a guy on a rookie contract? Is he's cheap. If you're the Bears, because you're going to wind up with the first or maybe the first and second overall pick, okay. not only is their team bad, but Carolina's atrocious. You know, and, and, and don't tell me it can't happen. I'm a Colts fan, and I understand it. it's different. Peyton Manning was, was a different kind of broken, right? He had the neck issue, but he wasn't as broken as maybe we were led to believe because he went on and led Denver for about a five-year run that was really, really good. Super Bowl, yeah. He 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 backdoored a second Super Bowl in Denver, and they let him go for a generational QB prospect in and Andrew Luck. I don't know that Justin Fields is here next year, but I, I've already heard it rumored that like trade Justin Fields to the Falcons at the trade deadline. Do you know that a Justin Fields to the Falcons trade would burn Twitter to the ground? You 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 kidding me? Tyler with, with a team with Kyle Pitts, oh my God, Drake London, oh my God, Bijan Robinson. If you added Twitter darling Justin Fields to that, what happens?
3: What happens is is Fields. Uh, I'd probably say, well, Bijan's probably right where he's going to be. Uh, Drake's probably going to go up to top fifteen, top twelve asset, and people are talking about Pitts being the tight end one overall once again, um, just like they have for years. So it would uh, it would shoot all directly.
2: Out, For the first time, I think I'm I would be more in on Pits. A he's seasoned, and everybody needs to understand that. Uh, tight ends here. That tight ends take a hot minute. There, there's there's not always a lot of Sam Laportas. Evan Ingram had a good rookie year, and then before that, you've really got to almost go back to Jeremy Shockey. Dude, I love Jeremy Shockey.
3: Easy P- to love. Play Easy like love.
2: party like a rock star. Play like an all star. Hammer like a porn star. He was about that life, man. He was he was living every bit of that life. But uh, John, buddy, it's okay, man. You know, um, you know, we're, we're we're gonna give you we're gonna give you a little Dana White, not not a big, not 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 a big Dana White. We're gonna give you a little Dana White, like like this one right here, federal prison, federal fucking prison. If you're that fucking stupid, and somebody else wants to do it. Yeah, you don't want to just throw out tweets that Justin Fields is ruined. I understand you're a Bears fan. It's an emotional tweet. It's an emotional we'll, tweet. It's an emotional tweet. We'll give him that. That was good people, bad tweets. Now, our next segment, luckily for two weeks in a row, Tyler, we don't have to do it. We don't have to go inside the medical tent with Dr. Kyle. We didn't have a Nick Chubb or an Aaron Rodgers-level injury, so we didn't have to pull... Kyle inside the medical tent to give us an update on someone's health, but we do have an update on someone else's health. And that is that Kyle and his lovely wife welcomed in a new child to the world. Their first, many congratulations to Kyle and his wife. I'm not going to put the baby or his wife's name out there. Just know that Kyle's a new dad, a a first time. And, uh, you know, he he posted pictures in our group chat and it was like a parent, and I said, congrats, dad. And he was like, that still has it has it sunk in. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I know you're a father as well. Yeah. So It's an incredibly uh, humbling and special feeling. So from me, from Tyler, I'll speak on behalf of Jerry and every member of the DWZ when we say congratulations to Kyle and his new family.
3: Absolutely. And uh, hope the baby sleeps decently. I think that was like the one thing. My, my son is four. So like still, you know, he's sleeping now. But the first year, I think you can't ever really describe what lack of sleep will do to somebody. It is a life-altering experience. So, all the luck with the baby sleeping.
2: Yeah. The uh, the first piece of advice is get get the little fella in a uh, get the little fella in a, in a routine of when to sleep, when to get up, when to feed. Routine, routine, routine. And as they become teenagers, which is what I have, so like you're kind of in the middle. He's got the newborn. You've got the little ones and then and then I've got the teenager. They sleep a lot more when they're teenagers. I don't know why they're so damn tired, but they are. Cuz you're working them in the gym.
3: Right. Yeah, Cuz you're that, working that, them that, in that, the gym. That
2: that's true. That, that that's that's not that's not false. All right, let's let's uh let's work some stock up, some stock down, man. Let let's jump into this. Uh first game last Thursday night, the Lions at the Packers. Uh my dynasty stock ups Jamison Williams. And suspension got reduced by a game. He'll be back before you know it. Um, I almost went stock up on Jared Goff. I'm going to talk about Jared Goff in the trade portion uh, of the show, but I don't know that he is. He's the kind of guy for me that if I'm in a and and and, and I'll bounce this off of you because you are the set your lineup expert here. I mean, rank number six in all of the ranking land for fantasy pros, and. He's the kind of guy that if I'm the underdog in my matchup, he's the guy I want to plug in as my wide receiver three because he has the potential to win me a week. I think the the press has been bad on him all offseason. It got worse when the gambling suspension happened. This guy was a first overall pick, not like first wide receiver overall, if I remember correctly. Super talented. You're a Lions fan. What do you think about my stock up, stock down, and uh, what's yours?
3: So I think – the stock is clearly up right because i i would say that the the price and the stock of jameson williams was pretty far down this going into the second year right first year didn't really play much injury um had like one game where he scored like a long touchdown but he was apparently healthy going like last year and they just didn't play him. A lot of reports in the offseason this offseason about him just like not getting the playbook. There wasn't a lot of positive news from the camp coming out about Jameson Williams. Then it gets hit with a suspension, has the hamstring injury, and I think the the price has been, you know, as low as it's ever been. You know, this this offseason here going into the season, but I will say this, um, you know, I was not a, a giant fan of Jameson Williams as a prospect i I, I got to get that out there I, he was kind of a fade for me I didn't necessarily draft him a lot in rookie drafts where he was going there's players that I definitely liked more than Jameson Williams but with all that said is he's still a first round pick he still had a prolific uh, you know career at Alabama as a as a, an elite producer and he has a spot in this Lions offense that is up for grabs, right? Yeah, we know Amon Ross and Brown is going to get his. We know they're going to run the ball. Laporte is there, but there just isn't the field stretcher. You know, they've tried it with Khalif Raymond. They've tried it with Josh Reynolds. You know, fine wide receivers, but not necessarily fantasy assets that you're excited to be rolling out there. So, like, there is meat on the bone here for Jameson Williams to, uh, to have an opportunity here to really take things to that next level. Now, I'm not necessarily in a world where, I believe Jameson Williams is going to be like a top 12, top 15, maybe even a top 20 dynasty asset here, at wide receiver. But at the same time, like there is a clear role for him. They need a field stretcher. They need a second wide receiver to pair along with Amon Ross St. Brown. So like the sock is up. Uh, he's definitely one of those guys where if like if somebody in your dynasty leagues is like, you know, feeling down about him at this point in time, they're probably not. But, like, if he could be – there's there's a world where it could have been had for, like, two seconds, right? And I think that was, like, a price that I'd be jumping on. So, I, I think the stock should be up. I think there's a wide range of outcomes when we talk about what's going to happen here with Jamison Williams. Like, does he, does he blow up with a bunch of, you know, two touchdowns, two deep balls, something like that? Does he not even play, like, 30% of the snaps? I think both those things are likely. I do think the stock is up basically because the floor was so low this offseason, again, with the poor year one with the injury, with the suspension. Um, so I think it's right to say stock is up. I'm excited to see what's going on. I don't necessarily think I would be starting him, but, like, for example, if I'm playing against DJ Moore, right, uh, in this week, I, I might be throwing Jameson Williams in there It's just what the heck because we know his ability to, to get, like, a 70-yard touchdown is just as good as anybody's.
2: Yep, absolutely. Well, you, you killed that one for us. Uh, let's jump into the next game, Jolly Old England. And the Falcons went across the pond to play the Jaguars. For me, man, it's, it's, and I I know nobody wants to hear this, but for me, it's stocked down on Travis Etienne. He's had the, you know, Tank, Tank Bigsby's not been an issue. Uh, Jamichael Hasty's not been an issue. And and he's just kind of plodding along at RB15 on the season. I mean, he's right there with James Conner, Jerome Ford. I mean, he technically on a points per game basis, he's scoring less points per game on average than Zach Moss. And I, I think this is part of that. He was a really pedigreed Debbie guy. What are your thoughts on the, the, the stock of one Travis ETN?
3: Now, just to be clear here, Randy, are we talking about just this week or just going forward in general?
2: just kind of in general. I, I, I'm, I'm, I. This one, it's like it's this is not like like the real stock market. You go up, you go down. There, there's sure. good weeks, but this one right here, it's it's becoming a trend. Let me let me pull my stats back up. No, I'm with you. uh, you, you've got he had 21 points in week one against the Colts. He had that breakaway touchdown at the end of the game, which th- those all count. But then he had six point two. He did have a 17, and then he had a 10. Yeah, you know pe- people, and, and, and you know from from player profiler where we are to fantasy pros where you are, and everywhere in between, had this guy as like a top seven, eight dynasty running back. True. and I just don't, I just don't see it. I, th- I think the stock has to be down.
3: So for me, I don't hate the call of stock down, considering what the price was. Like if we're talking top six, top seven, top eight dynasty back. I'm, I'm okay with talking about Travis Etienne as a stock down guy, but I will say. Is is you just look at like the workload that he is getting, like we're, we're talking about a running back who's getting eighty-five, ninety percent of the snaps, um, you know, twenty to twenty-five touches a game. I think really one of the biggest things when it comes down to it is he's he's the concern was is he going to be running routes is he gonna be a primary pass catcher or is there going to be somebody like Hasty or Bigsby coming in and stealing that from him we want the pat like the pass catching aspect of being a running back is so important for fantasy football and he's out there and he's running a lot of routes like in terms of like every time the Jags drop back right he's running routes at like 60 70 clip which is very good for a running back. So I, I think there's a world where it's like the stock is down on etn if you think the stock is down to the Jaguars because the workload that ATN is getting is is elite in a lot of sense. Like he is the bell cow on this offense. He's the bell cow on the Jags. There's nobody there stealing anything from him. He is the guy getting high value touches. He's the guy that's getting the, the all he carries. So um, for me, it's really a question about how you feel about the Jags offense. Are you bullish on the Jags offense? Then, like I would argue that the stock down for Etienne would probably not be true. But if you're saying that, maybe we, maybe as a community, maybe as a as a you know a, a Twitter sphere, the vacuum. Um, that we were just kind of propping up the Jaguars' offense a bit too high, right? If that's the call, then I, I would say, and I would say the stock is down. I think hit, like Etienne's stock for me is directly tied to how we view the Jaguars' offense because the the piece of the pie that he has on the offense is elite. So if you think the Jags' offense is elite, then you know it's tough to say the stock is down. But if we're tempering expectations on this Jags' offense, um, stock can be down, and I think that's a fair call.
2: All right, well, we'll jump into the, the third game here, and that would be the Steelers at the Texans. And, and here's one that I got wrong. I, I mentioned earlier, I feel like my, my, my bold prediction of Justin Fields not being a bear in 2024 is, is on pace to be accurate, but I was also very high on Kenny Pickett, and, and, and he looks lost. And I mentioned last week that I think the whole performance of this Steelers offense is like, I think they need Deontay Johnson back. You know they got the super fast guy in Calvin in Calvin Austin. They've got the boundary guy in Pickens. They got the tight end in Fryermuth. But it feels like Deontay may be a big a big part of this offense. But I have not liked what I've seen out of Kenny Pickett. For me, he's a stock down. What are your thoughts on 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 Kenny Pickett? I'm with you, stock down,
3: absolutely. You know, I think there's the question that really comes out because I never thought Pickett was necessarily that good. Um, I definitely had some like. He was not my quarterback one in that class. He was taken as a quarterback one off the board. Um, you know, there was, some, there was a couple games there, you know, where there was a little bit of optimism. But I think he threw seven touchdowns in like nine or ten games. I, I don't have Sorry. Forgive me. But he threw less than one touchdown a game last season. Obviously, can he improve? That's what a lot of people were hoping for going into this year. But at the end of the day, it's just like I don't necessarily think Pickett's that good. Matt Canada's not helping the situation. The offensive line's not helping the situation. The De- Deontay Johnson injury is not helping the situation. Now Fryermouth is out for a couple weeks. Not that he's been necessarily doing much. Um, I think general, generally speaking, I'm with you on stock down. Picket. There's just it it if you want me to find a nugget of optimism, Randy, I'm just, it's, I just can't find it.
2: Yeah, and and, and I, I want to. I wanted to believe. I thought they'd run him a little bit more, a la Daniel Jones. They've not done that. If I were to tell you from an EPA expected points added per play, if I were to tell you the bottom five teams in the league were the Patriots, the Browns, the Giants, the Jets, and the Steelers. Now, the Browns are a little bit of a misnomer because they had to the run really shitty game with with the rookie quarterback last week. But the Steelers are last, dead last. Their offense on an EPA standpoint is the worst in the NFL. Got to be concerned about Kenny Pickett. I'll tell you who I'm not I'm not concerned about because I love what I've seen. It's everybody's running back three on the season. We all predicted this, right? As genius fantasy analysts. Colts hosted the Rams. Dude, it's got to be stock way up on Kyron Williams. Year two running back. Th- th- this is the trap we can't fall into when next year we get beat about the head and neck during rookie season about someone being a a quote-unquote suboptimal athlete. Yeah, you know what? He's a uh, suboptimal athlete. So is his teammate Puka Nakua, by the way, and they're both scoring uh, really, really uh, high volumes of fantasy points. I liked Kyron Williams last year. I was a little dejected, but you know, he was hurt last year. He had an ankle issue coming into camp and never seemed to get right, but He's clearly impressed his coaching staff. They're going to get Cooper Cup back. Should open up some more running lanes. I'm way stock up on Kyron Williams. Uh, I saw one of our patrons ask, "Hey, would you give a a, a second for him?" I'm like in a heartbeat. Yes. If you, we're in point scoring season, gang, take the take the man and run. You can get more seconds. It's hard to replace a guy who's scoring 20 PPR points a game. Tyler,
3: I mean, I'm I'm with you. In totality, Randy, um, I was absolutely in on Kyron last year. He was one of, I think, I'll, I'll be honest with folks here. I think he was like my number two or number three running back in the class. Then the combine hit, the draft hit, he slid to day three, and I was out, right? And then he had a bad year. So, like, I was out on Kyron. Like, I did not um, stay steady on my Kyron love. Um, so, essentially, like, you know, him to see him do well is great. I'm not able to, I can't reap the benefits anymore because I gave up. Um, I'm not going to take any victory laps because I gave up. But at the same time, like, I'm not completely surprised. And I think that it really speaks to the position of running back, right? I think it's one of those positions in the NFL where you don't necessarily have to be the most talented individual to get great volume. I think that is true at the wide receiver position. I think talent wins out. You earn targets. But when it comes to carries in the NFL, carries are given. They're not necessarily always earned by being the most talented guy. And you don't have to be the most talented guy to produce well at running back. We see that time and time again. So stock is way up on Kyron Williams. I find myself putting him in the top 12 almost every single week. He's a difference maker for folks. I don't think it's too bold to say um that Kyron Williams is teetering on a league winner for the year 2023 at this point in time. Um he's just there's just no one there that is taking anything from him. He's getting like he's a bell cow. He's getting majority of the snaps, majority of the carries, he's getting the goal line looks, he's getting targets. I mean, there's just nothing that there's nothing about his workload that could literally be better. Like realistically. Everything you want a running back to do, he's doing. And the Rams offense, I think everyone is super down on going into the season. And I think people just forgot how talented and how sharp Sean McVay is. And he's able to figure things out and make other coaches look stupid. And he's able to outsmart them with less talent. So stock is way up on Kyron. I would send two seconds for Kyron in a heartbeat. Um, You know, this might be a bold take here. But, like, if I'm a contender, I would not be opposed to trying to move a first. For Kyron Williams, as I think he is that much of a difference maker this year.
2: Yeah, it, it would one hundred percent. You know, if if you thought you were locked into one oh nine, now I would want a second back. I'll be honest, and, and and especially in superflex tight end premium, I would be selling that story. Hey, look with the quarterbacks in this class, and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Bowers the tight end, and all these guys, I got to get a second back because I just did this. I did it in a different trade. I'll just. But this is the kind of trade that, I, that I, I think I'm talking about is I recently sent what I hope to be. This is the league Tyler's in with me. I sent what I hope to be a contenders first for Rashad White and what should be the 101 or 102 overall in the league. So hopefully I literally moved back like five draft positions and picked up Rashad White. It, it looked like, you know, it, was, it didn't look as good on paper as it, as it ended up being strategically. But that's what we're talking about. All right, next guy. Um, I know we tend to not like old players, but man, how do you not like 14 targets and 13 receptions for Alvin Kamara as the Buccaneers went into New Orleans and beat the Saints? He had more targets and more receptions than he did rush attempts. He only had 11 rush attempts, 13 receptions. Th- this is why I was very bullish on Kamara this offseason I was actually shocked that the suspension was as short as it was, but doesn't matter now. It's over. It's behind him. He's kicking ass, and his game is going to continue to age like a fine wine. You know, to think that he may get two or three more years out of the way that he plays the game is just great. Guys like him, Christian McCaffrey, Eckler, although he's a little bit more of the injury issue, it's got to be somewhat stock up on on Alvin Kamara.
3: Yeah, easily. I mean, he could be—he could have been had for a second this offseason without question. Anyone would have sold Kamara for, not anyone, most people would have sold Kamara for a second. And if you had bought Kamara, you were acquiring Kamara, you're looking real smart. The stock is up. You know, let's let's talk about those targets real quick. Like, obviously, 14 targets, 13 catches. We're not going to see that much every single week, but it's clear that he is a primary focus in this pass game, right? We saw Olave, his uh, piece of the pie kind of dip. I don't necessarily think that's going to be a problem going forward too much, but at the same time, he has a, a very prominent role in the past game. Again, love that for our running backs in fantasy. And more so it 76% snap share. I mean, Tony Jones and Kendra Miller, I think you know a lot of Kendra Miller um, you know, propaganda on the timeline for the last couple months. Um, not to say I wasn't, you know, I wasn't taking part in it, but I necessarily wasn't shooting it down. So I can't really hate on the Kendra Miller truthers out there. But one thing's for sure, Alvin Kamara comes off suspension. He is the guy. There is no, but he's not splitting anything. There's no, there's no committee here. This is Alvin Kamara's backfield and he is a focal point in the passing game. Stock is way up.
2: All right. I love it. So we're going to take a break from the stock up, stock down, and, and we're going to take a, take a minute to, to talk about trades. And I'm going to let you, uh, I me- I mentioned the, the one that I did, but I actually did a a little bit of a, of a different, different trade and you know i i i got a new soundbite for this one it's, it's the new it's the new trade soundbite and i make nothing zero zilch by the time i pay all my scientists on people in my in my research department lab coats it's a wash well why you do it then baby billy well because i'm selfless and i want to heal as many people as the dear lord me. I have no idea what that has to do with trades. I just, I just really like it. I think that shit's funny. <laughs> um, so I'm in a league and, and, and I, I am in the absolute last year of, of contending in this league. Okay. Everybody's old. I won the league last year. I've been in the league. This is the fifth year. Okay. And this was with, with a bunch of our dynasty content creator peers. Okay. This is Rich Dotson from the nerds. This is Tyler Gunther from the dynasty happy hour go on and on and on. A lot of great dynasty content creators in here. I've been very fortunate. I've I've had a good run. I went second, fourth, second, first, but this is the last year, man. I've got guys like Eckler, Alvin Kamara, Miles Sanders. Um, I got Roshan Johnson. I mean, that's my young running back. Uh, Wide receiver, pretty loaded. I got Cup, Ayuk, Diggs. Um, I'm pretty low. I got George Kittle. You don't hear a lot of young hotness. You hear a lot of like veteran point scores. It's
3: a little dusty, but it still feels good.
2: It's a very win-now team. Mm -hmm. Um, Traded a lot of picks to, to get there, but my quarterbacks in this league, I've only got two of record. I've got some good backups should the worst case happen, like should something happen to Sam Howell. I've got Jacoby Brissett. I've got Sam Darnold should something happen to Brock Purdy. Um, and I got Mitch Trubisky. I don't know that that would be worth anything. I think I would be doing probably more harm than good by plugging that dude in. <laughs> but, uh, I had Garrett Wilson on this, on this team okay. and I love Garrett Wilson. Absolutely. Um, I handed a, an, an unfortunate series of events, Not his but, year anymore. But, but, but I went out and, and, and I made a trade and I sent Garrett Wilson mm-hmm. and I got back Jared Goff, Cortland Sutton. And a lock. I mean, an L O C K lock to be the two hundred one for Garrett good. Wilson. That huh? feels
3: good. That feels good.
2: I, I mean, I, I didn't want to move Garrett Wilson. He's like, you know, he's like my my dynasty wide receiver five ish, give or take. Um, don't know what his quarterback looks like, but you know, he was my guy that I thought was going to jump into that Justin Jefferson tier. But he's not helping but you this year. He's not. He's not. He he he's he, he he's, he's really not helping me this year. And I really, really needed. I, I just I now Jared Goff is my best producing quarterback in this league. So I, I basically sold Garrett Wilson for parts. But you know Cortland Sutton been you know doing okay with with Russell Wilson as the QB. Absolutely,
3: he's like the but, new like Michael Thomas in this he, uh, Sean Payton offense. I mean, he's been solid. He's start. He's like he's a flex. He's startable, man. He's he, giving he, you points. He's, he's a contributor. He, he, he,
2: and and this is a must start to, uh, three wide receivers in this league you know give better. me a little a little insurance with IU can dig digs and cups coming back from the IR so that's a trade that i made i thought i would share that with you and uh, get your thoughts
3: yeah i think generally it's good and and i you know i think we do this every year where we talk about how good the next class will be but i do like the 2024 class i think the 201 13th pick there is going to yield some a pretty solid player right a lot to happen we don't know who's going to declare you know what the draft capital is going to be, but the 201, 202, even if it is a 203, feels good. You got a good quarterback, probably for a little while here, and then a contributor in Sutton. I'm, I'm okay with getting off of, it, with the circumstances here, Randy. I'm okay with getting off of Garrett Wilson in this case.
2: Yeah, because next year I'll start, and during the draft, I'll start finding the next wave of contenders and start parsing out you know, these veterans and I'll, I'll build around hopefully golf. He's only 28, will be 29 next year. I can probably get three or four good years out of him. And I got Roshan Johnson and I've got Iuke. And so I've got some young pieces, some young-ish pieces. Will Levis, I know a lot of people don't love him. We don't know what he is yet. So, um, but yeah, I'm going all in and that was my all-in trade. So I wanted to get the the opinion of someone that, that I valued very much. And so that that's our trade segment. Uh, we'll get back to some stock up, stock downs. Let's go Dolphins at Bills and, and, and why we got a, a guest here, someone that we think very highly of. Uh, stock up on Devon A chain. It's, it's hard to be anybody but Devon A chain. It was asking our patron group chat the other day about, hey, what's his value? And I'll just tell you what mine is and then I'll let you have the floor Certainly. on Devon A chain. I was like, I, it, it, in a super flex, I'm like, you're, you're looking at a first plus, maybe two firsts to get Devon A chain right now. And I was like, you're definitely looking at two first plus in a one QB league because the 24 class is really loaded. We've already talked about it. We talk about it quite a bit with all the quarterbacks for super flex leagues. But in a one QB league, this is the thing that you're looking for. A big scoring running back in a one QB league is, is a big difference maker. So I think in a one QB league, it's going to cost you at least two first. And in a super flex league, it's a lot to be one first and and, and probably more. Now, one of our one of our smart-ass patrons, Brett, instantly sent me Devon A-Chain for two first. I said, that's what it would cost you. I didn't say that's what I would pay, but but, but, what are your thoughts on, on A-Chain and what's his value in Dynasty right now?
3: Yeah, so I, I think like stock is up. I think, you know, let's start there. Stock is, is certainly up. If you were one of the people, like I was absolutely against grabbing A-Chain is like at the 112, 111 where I saw him go like that. That's looking like an L clearly because I'm with you. I think um, he is worth a first plus at this point in time. I think there's a world where I would, you know, if I had a chain, I would move him for a first plus. And I think there's a couple things here. Um, Miami offense is obviously cooking, right? They're looking great. They're looking elite. This looks like an offense that you want a piece of as a fantasy manager, no doubt. You know, I will say that, like, you know, the the volume is a bit of a, you know, there's a level to this where, like, if we're going to value him as this top 10 uh fantasy um you know running back I'm gonna need to see a little bit more volume because like I'd love to see the TDs out, out the gate like it is great he's explosive he's on a great offense but at the end of the day like you can't expect him to put multiple touchdowns up every single week at least I can't like I'm, I'm not gonna bank on a chain scoring multiple touchdowns every single week you know other than that you know it's like the, the carries you know he's he's more of like an 8 to 12 carry guy four to five targets which again is great you want that it's worth the first it's top probably 18 running back you know I I recently did the kind of a re a redo a, a refresh of my dynasty ranks I moved a chain up to running back 15 kind of went to go check out like you know other sources obviously I'm behind the the market on that right I, mean, I think when I put him at 15 to me that says yes he's worth the first without a doubt If people took him at the end of the first in the rookie drafts in 2023, absolutely worth it. But I think there's a level to it where it's like I need to see a little bit more volume to be able to anoint him as like a top 10 dynasty running back because I just am not going to, you know, buoy uh, on, you know, know, tie myself to the fact that he's going to score all these touchdowns every single week because I just it's not sustainable. I know it's kind of like a cliche thing to say as an analyst but like multiple TD weeks I don't think that's something we're gonna be able to bank on um I think there's a world where the season ends and he kind of settles in as an RB2 on the season um you know very much a contributor to your season but um I'm here I think stocks up I think he's worth a first a bit plus wouldn't do two firsts little concerned about the volume I think I know I think also Mostert had two fumbles last game like that did not help his case at all maybe Jeff Wilson gets a little bit of run coming off the IR I think it's a little bit more of a committee than people are going to give uh him credit for because he's really being propped up by these tds
2: yeah i went through uh that's the one thing about mfl is that if you're on the desktop or a, a laptop and you can look you can get your uh, where your drafts went pretty quick on on their format and i went through my six ML, uh, mfl leagues and he went anywhere from ninth overall to 16th overall so you throw out the nine you throw out the 16 the other leagues it was 13 13 15 14 so he was going right he was going right around 201 202 and and a, these are all super flex tight end premiums by the way mm-hmm. so so that was the range that he was going in and uh you, you hit a home run um i like i said that's what i would want i didn't tell you that's what i would pay brett so don't don't be trying and and, and getting cute again and, and sending that to me <laughs> um Ravens at Cleveland I had no real takeaways from Cleveland because of the DTR uh, did not look good Bob but uh dude I'm stock up on Lamar and I have never been the pom-pom waiver for Lamar but you know he's looked really really good uh, I don't think you're ever going to see the Lamar that at least from a fantasy standpoint that won the MVP ever again but man we're seeing a guy that week in week out feels like a top five guy and may have got a little crazy with the cheese whiz personally moving a guy like Trevor Lawrence ahead of him, like Trevor Lawrence, but Lamar's been killing it. What what are your thoughts on Lamar right now for a tight end? I'm mean, be uh oh, we'll say tight end premium super flex league, because that's what most of ours are.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was I was bullish on Lamar going into the season. You know, I think we had the Mahomes Allen Hurts tier. And for me, the fourth was a clear Lamar Jackson. I think he's still there. So for me personally, stock staying the same. But I think when we speak on the greater market, um, you know, kind of like the the dynasty market as a whole, stock is up because we were reminded last week um, he indeed can run the football well and he will score touchdowns on the ground in, in addition to throwing them. So he's still QB4 for me. He was QB4 going into this season. So, But generally speaking, when you say stock is up on Lamar, you're right.
2: Yeah and and like I said I'm 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 a Lamar I'm not Lamar like I'm Switzerland as it relates to Lamar. I've always been neutral. That's I've fair. always I like, to, that. I, I, I like that. I, I, I I've, I've always been like I, I see the promise, I see the potential you can't deny 2019, but I I've, I've also saw the the injury year and you know he's currently the QB3 on the season. I think that trend will continue he should be a top five dynasty asset and I should move him up where, and I have moved him up from when I had him like at like eight, nine, he's clearly back in that top five, six for me. So, um, but I'll tell you who's not, he plays quarterback and it was the Vikings at the Panthers. It's Bryce young. You know, it's like, you, you know, you, you know, that dog, you know, Jeff or gif or whatever, the dog sitting in the house, you know, it's on fire. Yep. yep, And and that's gotta be dynasty GMs and the Carolina Panthers and the Panthers owner, David Tepper, sitting around going, this is fine. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Um, part of that's the the success C.J. Stroud's having. But part of it is is that I, I get the weapons thing, and every quarterback gets a weapons pass when they're bad. But I don't know. Do you want so, to talk and, about how
3: good Andy Dalton looked, though?
2: That's, well, that's what I was getting ready to say. I was like, but I can't unsee Andy Dalton throwing it 58 times against Seattle. And, you know, really had him in that game until about the end of the third quarter. So – I've got real concerns on Bryce Young from a from a dynasty standpoint. Probably.
3: Yeah, I mean he he looks like a rookie, right? I think there's uh, when you talk about sitting in the, the the dog gif of everything is fine. I think those are also dynasty managers who took him ahead of Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud, right? Where it just it does like he's just not really startable. Um, you know, in two QB leagues, I'm sure that might not you might have to start him in the super flex spot. But at this point in time, like I moved him down four or five spots in my dynasty ranks on the refresh um he's kind of like was ahead of that tier but now he's like uh at the bottom of that tier like stroud's ahead of him now um like even guys like you know he's like kyler watson dak tier where it's like you know these are solid guys but we know they're going to be good you know i got some concerns you know i i do think he's a good quarterback and i do think he can figure it out but at the same time you know looking like you know first overall pick looking like easily the third best quarterback in this class without I mean without question stock is down there are some concerns I think long term I'm not too worried about it but talking about fantasy if you were expecting to get some production to help you in your season in 2023 from Bryce Young I don't think it's happening
2: yeah and and, and it's going to get worse because if the Bears end up getting the number one overall pick because it's Carolina's pick it's going to look really, really bad. And speaking of the Bears, we're recording this on Thursday night. They're playing the football team. The football team played the Eagles last week. You see how I transitioned there? For me, it's stocked down on Jahan Dotson. You know, I know a lot of uh, rankers and, and, and seasonal content creators were really high on him this year. Uh, we had guests on that were high on him this year. As we're sitting here right now, it is uh, one catch for nine yards, uh, and 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 the game script uh, completely favors the pass as the Commandos are down twenty-four points, and Jahan Dotson has one reception. So for me, um, there's concerns, there's volume concerns, there's offense concerns. I know people liked him, but you can't be super bullish on Jahan Dotson right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you entirely I was I, I'm gonna use that from now on here the Switzerland thing because that's how I felt like I was on Jahan Dotson um didn't hate the guy you know but there's always somebody who liked him more Randy there and I'm I'm happy that somebody liked him more and that I have no shares I've not drafted Jahan Dotson anywhere hasn't eclipsed over 40 yards on the season at all got a garbage time touchdown with the Eagles last week that kind of saved his week but besides that I mean he's I would and like especially after this game like John Dotson's unstartable man like that, that is kind of where we are with that. And with that, you know, when I say that, I mean that. And I think it makes it pretty easy and pretty clear cut to say the stock is down.
2: It, it, it's, it's wild. Uh, all right, this, this next one, um, I, I promise, I promise, and Tyler's my witness, I wrote this show sheet before this Thursday night game started, but I said Broncos at the Bears stock up on DJ Moore. Dude, DJ Moore is, is having a game. Uh, I interacted with Nick Whalen. Nick Whalen, uh, friend of the show, he posted on X the other day that, you know, all the things that DJ Moore is on pace for, and he's really on pace for about a normal amount of receptions, uh, a little bit ahead of his, you know, career high of 1175 yards. So he's on page for like, you know, 1250-ish, which is great. The really cool thing to see is that, especially with a two-touchdown game tonight, he's on pace... According to Nick's stats, he's on pace for about nine touchdowns. I'd say that would extrapolate out to that 10, 11 range. I've always wanted to live in a world where DJ Moore was a double digit touchdown wide receiver. We may be there. Uh, The stock may be up so much right now. It may be unpurchasable if that's even a word, but uh, you got to be excited if, if you've weathered the storm with DJ Moore, Tyler.
3: Yeah, I I would agree with you. I have, gone every which way with DJ Moore in my dynasty career. I have been up, I've been down, I've been up and I've been back down. I know, I have gone on record this year saying that DJ Moore was a wide receiver 3 with upside. You know, I'm pretty pretty content eating that L at this point in time. I think he's obviously going to be a wide receiver 2 uh, at the very least. Um I just didn't have enough faith in, in the in the Bears offense and I, I kind of looked like I was right out the gate here, but in easier matchups, they seem to be feeding him the ball. Um, you know, my 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 take or my downness on DJ Moore was not really about him as a player. We know he's talented. It's just I, my faith was just not in Fields and this Bears offense. But I think tonight is proving that, like, you know, he is going to be a legitimate wide receiver too in fantasy. He is a legitimate top 18, top 20 wide receiver in the league, and the Bears are using him correctly, which is something that we haven't necessarily seen. So, um, you know, I think stock was up prior to this game, but stock is uh is through the roof right now.
2: 100%. Well, on this next game, I'm not going to give you a stock up or stock down. I'm going to give you a stock to buy. And that is T. Higgins. He, and, and now last week I had him as a stock down. And you may say, well, that makes sense. I mean, he's a guy that has scored zero, 4.1, and 3.9 fantasy points in three of his four weeks. He did have the monster game week two against the, against the Ravens. But, you know, that was buoyed by two touchdowns. Here's the thing about... T. Higgins. They're not going to be able to afford to pay him, and at the end of the third year for Jamar Chase, they're going to have to break him off. They can't afford to have two 20-plus, 27-plus million-dollar-a-year wide receivers, and and do you know whose bye week happens to fall right during the NFL trade deadline week? It's Cincinnati. They're on bye week seven, and they've got the Cardinals, which is a feisty game. The Cardinals at home this year have been very very tough. They beat Dallas at home. They they played closer to San Francisco than that final score indicated and you know they they should have beat the Giants at home. They 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 really should have. So this and, and and they should have beat the Commandos by the way week 1. So they're very feisty and if the the Bengals were to lose one or both of these next two games against the the Cardinals and the Seahawks during the bye week do you say, "Hey, you know Joe Burrow's injured. We're going to need more talent. Do we trade T. Higgins, who we can't afford to keep anyway, do we trade him? And I think the minute T. Higgins winds up on a team where he's the unopposed alpha in the way that A.J. Brown is, and I guess A.J. Brown's a bad example because he's got Devonta Smith, but in the way that Justin Jefferson is, in the way that Stephon Diggs is, if he winds up in a true alpha role, his stock's going to go way up. So I'm going to give you a stock buy, especially if he has another poor outing with the broken rib.
3: I, uh, I really have nothing to add there. I think he summed it up very well. I think he is that kind of wide receiver. He is that talented. But when you're in, living in the shadow of Jamar Chase, it's just tough sledding.
2: Uh, I, I could not agree more because you agreed with me. I like it when you agree with me. So what we're going to do here is Tyler and I are going to take a step back we're going to give the controls over to our boy Dallas. That's Dallas Hyder. He is back on the Dynasty Warzone YouTube and the Dynasty Warzone podcast channels. Dallas is back doing full episodes of the Rookie Rundown. This is the most important show. It's not really from a Debbie standpoint, it's not a Debbie podcast. He's just talking rookies and names you need to start getting familiar with so that when we start doing rookie content here on the Dynasty Warzone this, I guess, winter, February, that you'll be more familiar and ready to go. So let's give Dallas the floor for a few minutes and uh, hear about a running back prospect this week.
1: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own prospect, Premonition. It is great to be on here with you all, folks. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on all the social medias at salad galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards with the double L galore. We are now entering into week six of the NCAA football season. And leading up to this 2024 draft class, I continue to see prospects in my crystal ball that are popping off in the future for your dynasty teams. Uh, We've gone through running backs. We've gone through tight ends. We've gone through wide receivers and we've gone through one quarterback up into week six. And so now it is time to revisit the running back position with a guy that Me being an Ohio State fan, I personally hate that he goes to a school that we constantly get pitted up against and constantly have a hard time with in Notre Dame, but I am talking none other than Mr. Audrick Esteem, the running back from the University of Notre Dame. For those of you that are not familiar with mr Audrick he is a true junior uh coming off of a very very solid 2022 campaign for the fighting irish um he's a big boy too he's coming in 5'11", 227 uh, last year just really solid numbers just a hair under six yards per carry average a hair under a thousand yards in the season double digit touchdowns meets all the stats measurements that you would want but what I love about Audric is when I see him on the field, I see someone that has a game that's going to translate to the next level. Like I said, he's a thicker back. He's 5'11", 227, every bit the size that you want to. And you would think that he's a true physical bruiser, which would be correct. He seeks out contact more so than most running backs do. But he's not what I call a bowling ball. He has a lot of juice and a lot of just linear speed and linear momentum that he likes to carry around on the field Um, when he runs he is very much north to south which is what i always look for in a running back very decisive and he's got the great burst in straight line speed to turn those runs into big plays Um, on the season just in 2023 this year for the fighting irish in six games He's averaging 7.1 yards per carry in each game short of the first game this season against Navy, which all they can do is stop the run. He has had a run of 22 plus yards. He has multiple 20 plus yard runs in four out of the last five games and the electricity of his runs are what is really impressive. When you see this big-bodied running back running down the middle of the field, you would anticipate that, oh, maybe if he breaks a tackle, he can beat the slower safeties, that type of thing. But a lot of his runs that are of those big chunk play varieties is him pulling away and separating from DBs. His contact balance is very, very good, which will be a theme for all of my running backs throughout this season. If you have followed my content in the past, you will know that that is what I look for more so than anything. Does the person I'm looking at go down on first contact? If they do, I'm probably not interested. And when it comes to Odrick with that athletic nature and that big bodied frame, it usually takes more than one DB to take him down, which is really fun. Um, like I said, for the fighting Irish been super consistent over the last two years, straight line speed allows him to outrun a lot of angles and very very physical he's going to be a pretty good athlete will he be elite i'm not positive and honestly that's the only question mark of his game really um having a physical play style as well it's something that you have to be wary of we've seen a lot of those physical grinded out running backs kind of take their lumps as it goes um but He's just progressed as a runner each of the last two years. His physical size has gotten better. He's shown up to Notre Dame thicker each of the last two years. And against top 25 teams, he's still showing out with these gaudy averages of 7-plus yards per carry. Last week against Duke in a victory in a game where all Duke had to do was stop Notre Dame because they weren't they weren't able to. He ended up putting up a solid two-touchdown performance for them, had a really backbreaking run to end the game for Notre Dame against Duke, a 30-yard touchdown, one of his two on the day, like I said. And it's just what you get. Um, it's kind of a trope. He gets better as the game goes along, and it's something that I'm excited to see at the next level. He's going to continue to do this, and he's coming from a Big Ten Power Five conference school it, it's just impressive. And it's someone that everyone should be paying attention to. He's not a running back. That's getting a lot of hype in this year's class, but that's because there's a lot of them out there that are interesting when it comes to the size speed weight combo that you get with an object steam there's few backs in this year's class that can truly match what he does. So that is the name for this week's prospect premonition. If you have not been familiar with Notre Dame football over the last two years, or you're just curious to see a little bit more about our guy, Odrick, make sure to check him out on all the highlights as well as the rest of my content. Uh, if you're paying attention, I have started dropping my weekly content again with my first rookie report card episode of the week this past week. So make sure to tune in and get all of those rookie nuggets, both from the 2020 class and the 2023 class. Until next time, this has been the Prospect Premonition and let's all look into the crystal ball. Dallas, right.
3: sharp as always. Love the call there. Love the love the content. It's something he I've done. been thinking to myself too. I,
2: I mean, you know, I, I, I added that segment this year because every year, I, I'll speak for me personally and I'll, because I'm a listener and I'm a dynasty gamer too, guys. I create content, but I'm a dynasty gamer too, and every year I feel like these, these college players and rookies sneak up on me. and I feel like I'm always playing catch-up as it relates to these guys. This has been tremendous for me. I'm keeping a notebook. I listen to Dallas's show. It's been absolutely tremendous. The Rookie Rundown, it's Mondays or Tuesdays on the Dynasty Warzone Network. Be sure to check out Dallas and follow him at Salad Galore on Twitter. All right, let's wrap up these last five games. We'll get you out of here. I appreciate you so much for jumping on. Cardinals at San Francisco. It's got to be stock Brandon Ayuk, man. I mean, is is he going to wind up being the guy who, who makes the biggest tier jump this year from like wide receiver 15, 16, 17 in a dynasty startup last year to a guy who's in that top eight? I mean, given the fact that he's only in year four um, he should easily be leapfrogging guys that were ahead of him, guys like T. Higgins, guys like Drake London. It really looks like he's cemented himself as the alpha, not only receiver, but pass catcher in that offense, unless your name's Christian McCaffrey. I love what I've seen out of Brandon iuk Another call that I got right, I feel very, very proud of. I, I, I love Brandon iuk and I love his 2023 so far, Tyler.
3: Yeah, stock's up. Um, you know, I, I, will, I, will, I will, again, I will eat my L's here. I think DJ Moore and Ayuk were two guys that I was um, down on going into the season a bit. Um DJ Moore, as noted, because of the Bears offense. And then also Ayuk, again, not because I didn't like the player, but I just was like, the 49ers, A, are going to run the ball so much. And B, they're going to spread that ball around between Kittle, between CMC, between Debo. That There's just going to be a lot of down weeks for Ayuk, and I'm not necessarily sure I want to be on board. But he is separated himself. Has been, you know, the best pass catcher um, throughout these couple of weeks. I think he only had one down week. Um, you know, Debo was a little injured, but I, stock is up. He, he's looking great. He's looking improved. It, it's it, it's a far cry. I think two was it two seasons ago now, Randy, when he wasn't even playing. He was in the doghouse. Like he was he was in the the, the Shanahan doghouse that he wasn't even being played. Like Jawan Jennings was being played ahead of him or something like that. So yeah, you know, he, it, he, yeah, stock was way down before. I'm with you. Stock is up. Ayuk's looking great. I think there's a world. I'm not just like DJ Moore. I'm not necessarily going to be certain that they're wide receiver ones top 12 guys, but you know, top 18 wide receivers, absolutely. Stock's up. Uh,
2: I'm I'm big IU guy. I want good wide receivers tethered to good offenses. Let me ask you a quick uh, pop quiz, hot shot. So, wide receivers from that class are all going to be free agents. You're an NFL GM, you can sign one. Michael Pittman Jr. Brandon Ayuk or T Higgins? You can only have one. You got to sign them to like a a very DJ Moore, um, Terry McLaren, three years, seventy two million dollar deal. Which one of those three do you want to uh, attach to your young QB? I
3: mean, it's it's between Ayuk and Higgins for me. I think that's a pretty easy kind of cutting Pittman here is, is the easy one. Keep trade um, cut. There you go. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. are cutting we're, Pittman for sure. Yeah, we're cutting Pittman for sure. I mean, this is a, this is a good question. Um, I mean, I
2: think – I did it because we talked about Higgins. We're not going to get to Pittman, but they're all in the same draft class. They're all going to be potential free agents at the same time. I just thought that would be a question worth asking yeah. from a dynasty perspective.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I'd go – I think I'd go Higgins still, but, I mean, I would, I would, I'd welcome myself being wrong. They're that close, though. I mean, they're they're neck and neck.
2: All right, speaking of wrong, well, let's go ahead and keep up a trend today. Patriots at the Cowboys, stock down Mac Jones so there's I don't know his name, I think he's hilarious. I see him on Instagram. Um, he he has a a non-US accent, and he's like, Jesus Christ on a motorbike. That you know, he talks about you know when something's off kilter, and that's the way I feel about Mac Jones. I walk, I watch Mac Jones play football, and I'm like, Jesus Christ on a motorbike. What are you doing? What are you doing, man? You you they, they brought you in weapons. Now that's not Stefan Diggs and Travis Kelsey, but they brought in Mike Gaski, they brought in Juju. They, you know, they they brought in Zeke to help with the running game. They brought in Bill O'Brien. They gave you a real offensive coordinator, and you only look worse. the The excuse that it was Matt Patricia and Joe Judge last year, that's behind us. I I couldn't be less impressed with Mac Jones, and it's a bummer. I thought he was a guy who could be like QB fifteen sixteen and be very solid, but he's been dog water right now, man. Stocks down.
3: He's in that picket range where it's like we were hoping for a step forward and it just did not happen. The issue with, you know, Pickett actually has weapons. I, I don't really think Mac Jones does. Like, I'm uncertain that there's a starting offensive player that runs above, that runs below 4 6 on the Pats. Um, it's just, there's just not a lot around him. Like Juju, no. Kendrick Bourne, I think, has flashes. I mean, Hunter Henry is a very solid tight end. But it's just, there's just not enough around him right now. Um, even if there was, I'm uncertain that it would happen. I think he got benched for Bailey Zap, Zappy recently. So stock is down. It's really tough to like even have any confidence throwing in Mac Jones. I like get same with the picket. You have very low confidence throwing them in your super flex spot or your second QB slot, just the way things are looking. Um, the offense isn't operating. Like, I feel like every game I look at the Pats every week that, that that whole the game that they're playing has like a 40 point implied total it's just it's a very uh I don't know if Putrid is a little strong but it's a very unfriendly fantasy environment whenever the the Patriots are rolling out there and I, you know a lot of that has to do with Mac Jones so stocks down it's tough to find optimism and excitement.
2: Yeah, you know, if you're Mac Jones, you gotta wonder what if what if uh, John Lynch hadn't talked Kyle Shanahan in the draft and Trey Lance and drafted you? What a what a world we could live in. But uh the Raiders, you know, had a shot. Speaking of rookie QBs out of nowhere, you know, Aiden O'Connell came in against the Chargers, but the stock up for me, and it stays up, is Josh Palmer. And, you know, one man's loss is another man's gain. And, you know, Mike Williams going down. To an injury, you know, not going to be back. People want it to be Quentin Johnston, that that first round rookie with all the draft capital. And it it just hasn't really, really happened for him. He had one catch last week, you know. And, and I get Palmer only had three, but he had eight targets in this game and seven targets in the game before. This is gonna be a pass first offense. They've got the bye to figure some more stuff out. But uh I'm I'm big on Josh Palmer going forward.
3: Yeah, I think that I would have to disagree a bit here. I just don't think Josh Palmer is very good. He's been given opportunity time and time again, and I just don't think he does anything with it. I don't think he's making this offense better. I don't think he moves this offense forward. I think he's kind of just like a warm body that they're tossing out there. Um, You know, he's gotten a lot of looks. He's always had an opportunity, and I feel like he just doesn't do a lot with it. Uh, I, I, for me, the stocks. It's not a stock up, but it's not a stock down either. Like I here I am like talking trash on Palmer saying he's not very good. But he's out there. He's running routes. He's clearly the wide receiver too. And Quentin Johnson, um, as much as people want him to be the guy, he just is not. So like he's playable. But I also like I don't necessarily look at Josh Palmer as ever being like a difference maker in your lineup. I don't think he's got the, the skill, the ability to do that. You know, I think he's kind of a guy that like we talked about it, like Cortland Sutton earlier where like I'd rather have Cortland Sutton than Josh Palmer, um so stock stock is pretty neutral for me. I understand the the argument for stock being up on Palmer. I'm just not bought into him as a talent.
2: All right, well, we got a couple more to go, but I I, I have one more word we got to hear from the Podfather.
0: Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time, and more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues? At Player Profiler on Sleeper because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out sleeper picks baby and game stacking is the path to positive returns with these pick'em games find that sneaky shootout and set most of the players to go over their projection for that week or you find a game going to get dragged into the mud and take every member of the passing game for less than their projections that week and if you pick up to eight that's how you 100x your payout on sleeper it's called the hail mary so if you use promo code underworld you get a 100 instant deposit match. Check out sleepers terms and conditions for details. These sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy.
2: Good old sleeper. It's not, it's, you know, it's uh it's a lot of fun. Uh I'm warming up to the new sleeper format, man. They got rid of the little uh like emoji character icon gimmicks. Yeah, feels yeah, yeah. much more feels much more grown up. That was it was a much needed upgrade. I'll tell you who else got a much needed upgrade, Garrett Wilson. Zach Wilson looked like a real quarterback. And I mentioned earlier, I traded Garrett Wilson away, but if they force feed him volume, volume's key. I mean, you're the one of the best rankers in the world. I don't say that because you're on the show. I say it because it's true. It's, it's verified by fantasy pros. You've been a top five, give or take, fantasy, you know, ranker for the last several seasons. And you know, volume's king. And if he's going to get the volume he saw the other night against the Chiefs, it's got to be stock up. I'd love to see some touchdowns go on top of the volume, but I feel a lot better for Garrett Wilson and, and his dynasty GMs after the Sunday game.
3: Yeah. I mean, I do too. I think it's just really, it's just tough for me to understand like, what are we going to be getting from Zach Wilson? I, the, the matchup here this week is a dream matchup. Um, and This is the week when, like, you feel good about starting Garrett Wilson. It's never going to be as good as it was with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, yeah, I, I think stock is somewhat up. He's playable. They're for, they, He's force-feeding him the ball because he's their best wide receiver by far. Right? And we all knew that. That's not a surprise. You You force-feed your best wide receiver. It's a good sign. So it's just weird because the stock was so high. Like, the stock couldn't be any higher, Randy. I, I can't remember – a time in the last five or six years when a second-year wide receiver was propped up this high. I mean, you were drafting uh, Garrett Wilson as, in my opinion, his ceiling. You know, going into the season, and the stock dropped back down, obviously with Aaron Rodgers. But you know, I think with some life, with signs of life out of Zach Wilson, and and him just absolutely force feeding Garrett Wilson the ball, um, I I'm okay with a slight stock up here with you. Well,
2: yeah, it's it's hard to move him up too much. Um, his his value has held decently Um, but man I'm I'm such a fan and I'm not an Ohio State guy last guy I've been a big fan of his and I've been one of his biggest defenders and he's made me look really smart like his rookie year he made me look really smart last year this year he's not helping the cause Tyler and that's Danny Dimes Danny Dimes stocked down the Seahawks went to the Giants he looked like Dog shit. Just not dog water, even worse. Dog shit. He looked terrible. And I know people want to give passes. Oh, the offensive line's terrible and the weapons aren't. All that's true. But at at some point, you are you are responsible for making the offense go. You know, I, I can't beat the shit out of guys like Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and and these guys that are bad, and then not be accountable for, you know being in favor of a guy like dimes so his his dynasty stock's down i'm looking for him to have uh, a good couple of of weeks and i'm looking to unload in super flex tyler i'm with you
3: i uh, i've never I've, I've famously always been down on Dan, danny dimes um you know in, in one of the leagues i'm in we make jokes about like people who draft daniel dimes like like who, who is he a placeholder for right because he's that bad and obviously that that bit us that bit us in the ass last year because he had a great year. But what I thought Daniel Dimes was is what I've been seeing this year. Right, that, it, the, the floor is just so bad. I think there's something going on with you know. You, I think you might have saw it with, with with the head coach like almost threw the the, the tablet at him in frustration. Um, stocks down, man. It's it's a tough it's tough sledding. It we know the ceiling is great, but the floor is equally as low. So as high as Daniel Dimes was going and where he's been is kind of almost like a fringe quarterback one in dynasty stocks down, no doubt. We know the floor is lower than almost anyone else in that range.
2: Well, we made it, man. We made it through all 16 games. We got a word from Dallas. Uh, we're going to, we're, we're going to wrap it up, but um, man, I, I I've been very appreciative to have you come on and, and you know, you, you're one of the best, in the industry as it relates to rankings, you, you are a great follow. Um, again, all of the Dynasty Warzone peoples know you that listen to this simulcast, but for the player profiler audience that might be new to you, please go over where you finished in rankings. Because it's always like, when you're listening to someone new, it's like, what does this guy bring to the table? And what yep. Tyler brings to the table, on top of being a really fun, entertaining fellow, is he happens to be a damn good fantasy ranker each and every week four fantasy pros verified by fantasy pros through his content at the JWB and uh, the floor is yours my friend.
3: Yeah, thank you. I mean, I um I'm a slave to the spreadsheets in a way. Like obviously I watch football. Um but, you know, I the projections, weekly projections has, has really been my edge and my my bread and butter I think for the last 5 years I've been doing the projection game, the weekly projection, the season long projection. Um, you know, really fine, you know, fine tuning my craft. Um, you know, last year, um, uh, for like draft rankings, so basically, like before the season starts, I rank every position to figure out, like, hey, what do I think they're going to finish? I finished fourth overall out of like 200. Um, you know, I, in terms of weekly rankings, I finished 20th overall at about 200. And then this year through four weeks, I'm sitting at sixth overall at about 200. So, what does that mean? Essentially means that, um, you know, I do my projections, I try to predict, you know, what's going to happen on a weekly and a yearly basis. And, um, I'm, pretty good at it i think that's the biggest thing is like you know start, start start sit stuff that's gonna be my bread and butter you know like i'm i feel good about my ability to kind of you know, guess and and predict what's going to happen on a week to week basis. You know, what does that mean? Like, I'm right, like 60, 65% of the time, right? I'm going to, I'm not always going to get a, get wins, but I think what I can say pretty, pretty comfortably is like when we look at start sits on a week to week basis, like I'm going to be right more than most people. And I feel pretty good about that. So um, if you're looking for start sit advice, you're stuck between two players, you know, feel free to reach out to me um, at FF Tyler, always happy to chat. Check out JWB. We got a Discord. If you got questions, feel free to drop them in there. I'm usually pretty active in there as well. So, um, you know, always happy to talk Dynasty. I've been playing Dynasty for five years. Randy and I have been playing for years together as well. Always happy to chat Dynasty stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. But um, in terms of the content that I produce, and I think, you know, my niche, my wheelhouse, that's really going to be more of the week to week kind of stuff.
2: Well, well, two things. I'll get get everybody out of here. Um, please subscribe everywhere. Dynasty Warzone, Player Profiler, two YouTube channels, two podcast channels. Um, I forgot to mention that we're in what we call—I call it the three dollar signs league. You call it the money, money, money league. I believe I—I I know, I know, I won it the inaugural year, and, and I, I got second that year. You beat and, me. I, yeah. and, 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 and I split it with you. And then didn't you guys come back and win it this year? Yeah,
3: yeah, we won it last year. Yeah, so you
2: went second, first. I went first, not first. Uh, did not have a great year last year. I'm doing well this year. Made a couple of trades in that league, to yep. to move the uh, the needle forward. But we that's be seeing uh, each
3: other again, because I'm in first, I think, overall yeah, right now. So um, hopefully it comes um, back down to it.
2: I'm ready to rumble. I just made a trade for uh, a third QB, and uh, I'm, I'm making moves out here, baby. That was the league where I made that Rashad White trade. I didn't play it at the beginning of the show, but it's an intro. But you know what? When I have a guest, I'm a little out of practice. I haven't had a guest in a while. We got to play the Crip Mac intro. So this is the guest intro by way of Crip Mac. Featuring, cuh, coming this week. Y'all tap
0: in with it, cuh. it's something real nifty. It's something real sporty. Oh, we got a great interview. Cuh. Well,
2: we had a great interview. We had a great interview with Tyler. Please follow him everywhere at FF Tyler. O. follow him and his gang at the JWB man. We'll get you back on, uh, Thanks so much for being on subscribe everywhere. And on behalf of Tyler, remember here at the dynasty Warzone, we're just, uh, I guess I'll just screw up my own tagline. We're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. I'll see you back here tomorrow night, Friday night for the juice. See you guys. Have a great week.
0: Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you. Allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible. To ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you. Especially you. The people that get the site and get the show. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us? You flash a piece out on the
2: lanes? I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus.